Hi, good morning, and as always, great to be together. So over these recent months, we've been working through the Book of Acts, and we've been stopping off uh, at certain places to look at, at people and see really how God impacted their lives, how God used them, and places to see the impact of the gospel in certain places, and really seeing the advance of the kingdom of God from Jerusalem through Judea, Samaria to other nations, the ends of the earth. It started with 120 in the upper room praying, believing the Father for the promise. And then the day of Pentecost came, that mighty outpouring of the Spirit, which we uh, again just heard about last week. And then we, we ended up looking at the at Ephesus, the impact of the gospel there, a remarkable story, that pagan city dominated by idolatry and immorality. It gets turned upside down and inside out by, again, the kingdom of God, the preaching of the good news about Jesus. Last week, Cheryl and I visited uh, Harlick Castle. We were on holiday in North Wales, had a wonderful time, and, uh, and we always like to get a castle visit in. And, uh, and you go around and you, you, you look at the storyboards, which just tell the history and the story of you know, why the castle was built and the battles around it. And, and, uh, and it's fascinating. And that's what we did, kind of humming Men of Harlech to ourselves as we took in the history. As we read Acts, we're not just reading the storyboards. We're not just reading the history, but we're reading of truths to impact our lives today. It's not just capturing a moment of church history, but somehow we put our roots into it and we draw nourishment and truth and, and passion and vision to actually feed our lives today and, and to feed actually uh, the, the sort of church we believe God's calling us today. These are, this is history to shape us now. It's truth to change us. It's truth to equip us. It's to, to empower us to see the advance of God's kingdom. And, and we've seen, haven't we, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's to impact us now. We're to be men and women, young people, children, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We've seen a mighty revelation of Christ that he ascended and is now exalted at the right hand of the Father. And we now worship him. We serve one who is king. Jesus is Lord. We see the repeated occasions where it's all about the good news being preached. We have a message to share. It's the same message. The world still needs to hear it today. Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, him dealing with our sin so that we can know the Father. We see the genuine church, not the perfect church, that boy, they had their problems, they had their disputes, their struggles, but it was genuine in how they dealt with it. It's a radical expression of the community of God here on earth. We see that prayer is the heartbeat of the church. We can see that God saves the most hardened people. 
Just read again the testimony of Saul of Tarsus and how God wonderfully broke in and then how God used him. But then we also see all sorts of other stories of God saving people from all many different backgrounds. We see the story and the outworking of true discipleship. Now Jesus is in heaven, he's poured out his spirit. What does discipleship look like? How relevant is that for us today? A deep devotion to Jesus, even to death. And then we see the, the reality of, of like worldly forces unmasked. We see actually the demonic powers at work, but the victory that comes in the name of Jesus. But also we see just worldly ways, worldly systems, worldly powers, worldly authorities, they're all exposed. And we see the kingdom of God advancing. That's why the book of Acts, is so critical for us. But what happened after Ephesus? Say so that was the last city we stopped at. Well, well, Paul returns again to Jerusalem. It's kind of where the story started. Uh, and, and, and it's actually where, where it kind of begins to end. It's like the end of the beginning, the beginning of the end, that's it. But, and once again, the temple becomes the focus of activity. And we see, and we can read about this in Acts 20, 21, that Paul is arrested and some Jews, they drag him outside of the temple and they, they, they attempt to kill him. And in fact, soon the whole city is in an uproar again as, as the whole city turn on Paul. Uh, and news of this quickly spreads. And so the commander of, 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 of the Roman army that was there at that time he sends out officers, he sends out troops to deal with it, and they have to protect Paul. And there's quite a vivid um, scene that you can read about where, where Paul is actually carried by these Roman soldiers and it, it, into the barracks. He's protected. And then the story unfolds. He appears before the Sanhedrin, and that results in another violent uprising, an uproar. It's important, isn't it, to understand that we do have a radical message and it challenges worldly powers. It also challenges religious kind of mindsets to the very core. This good news of Jesus is radical. And then we read there's another plot to kill him. And so He's transferred to Caesarea and eventually to Rome with a storm, a shipwreck and an encounter with a snake on the way. And throughout all of this, Paul continues to testify about Jesus. It's the same message in all these circumstances, in all these situations. We read when he's facing King Agrippa in Caesarea, he, he, he shares this, um, he shares his testimony and he says to him, I've, this is Jesus speaking to Paul on the road to Damascus that we, that we heard about earlier on in the story. And Jesus says this, I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and, and will see of me. 
I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and for the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Paul was not disobedient to this vision, but kept running the race that God had called him to. And that's an encouragement and a challenge to us. That whatever our circumstances, whatever's going on around us, whatever's happening to us, that there's a a prime calling on all our lives, which is to be actually to be his servant. There's a unique call on Paul, but there are aspects of his call, like to be, to serve the Lord, that is true for us all. And we each have our own race to run. We're each called to be his witness. We're each called to live, to see others know Jesus to see others turn from darkness to light. Dear friends, that's, that's our calling together. Uh, and Paul knew how to keep on track, keep on course, despite incredible things that, was, that, that happened to him that were to knock him off course. He kept true to the heavenly vision. Let's keep true to that. And in it all ends, with Paul under house arrest in Rome. Rome, the, the beating hub of the Roman Empire, is built around Caesar. And it, it actually, they worshipped Caesar as Lord. That Nero at that time were, were seen or you know, projected himself as a, a son of the divine. Nero himself, he, he, he embodied the lusts and the, and the control of worldly ways. Rome. It's to that church that, that Paul wrote almost five years before, expressing his longing to visit them, to encourage them, to impart a spiritual gift to them. And here he is five years later in Rome, under very different circumstances, to what I'd imagine he'd expected. But what's he do? Well, this takes us right to the end of Acts 28. We read this. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house, and under arrest, house arrest, and he welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God, and he taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. What does he do? How does his book of Acts end? Well, he meets people. It says there that despite being locked in, he can get out to people, but he welcomed people in. It's a, a wonderful insight into Paul's heart that, you know, there's no victim mentality. There's no kind of woe is me, but actually he just sees every opportunity as an opportunity to share the love and the grace and the good news of Jesus. He writes. It's interesting, it's in this situation, obviously it doesn't say that here, 
but actually we read the other, uh, we read some of Paul's letters and we find that they're written from this time of confinement. In fact, the, the letters to uh, the Ephesians, Colossians, um, Philemon, 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 I can hear you saying it in your rooms now, that one, okay? And Philippians, okay? He wrote those letters from this time. Some could come and visit him, others he couldn't go to, so he wrote to them. And, and it's a fascinating, he writes to the Philippians and, 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 and he talks about obviously his situation, the circumstances, and he says this, that what has happened to me here has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. You imagine being one of those soldiers on duty, you know, okay, it's your turn to go and look after Paul. And you kind of you shuffle, you, you march into position, you take your stand, stance, whatever, and you're on guard, you, you, you've got your watch, and what's gonna happen? You're gonna hear about Jesus. He was unstoppable. What was in his heart kept coming out. May God give us such hearts that whatever situation we're in, whatever circumstance, you know, some of us can feel locked in and, you know, we're, by the grace of God, we're, we're praying that kind of lockdowns become history and, and, and part of our past and no longer part of our future. But there are still ways that we can all feel locked in and, and, and locked down and uh, we're locked up. You know, there can be physical ways, there can be emotional ways, there can be all sorts of things. But let's keep true to having hearts that are wanting to share Jesus with others. That, that's where this, um, this book of Acts ends us. And it's quite an abrupt ending, really. There's no rounding off of the story, it, it, it kind of just ends. You know, you're just left with Paul doing this and that's the end. And I love what Phil Moore in his uh, great book on Acts writes about this. Uh, and he talks about the abrupt ending. And he says this um, somewhere. Luke doesn't end the book of Acts in the polished style of a Greek historian or with any of the commentary we might expect if it was, as if we were to, uh, as if it were written to chart the spread of the gospel from Jerusalem to Rome. He ends his book in midair because he wants to show us that it hasn't finished. It's been said that when Cicero spoke, the great Roman orator, people marvelled. But when Caesar spoke, people marched. Luke ends the book of Acts in such an abrupt and sudden manner because he didn't write it to make his readers marvel. He wrote it unequivocally, unequivocally to make them march. It's what Paul was doing right until the end. The story continued. You see, after Acts 28, you could call the rest of church history Acts 29. It tells the story of the, the advance of the kingdom of God into other nations, 
The might of Rome was to just fade into history over time. But the kingdom of King Jesus grows and grows and grows. Millions get saved. Unreached nations are reached. Closed nations are opened up. Churches are planted. There's times of great persecution. More believers are martyred. There's times of great trial. But there's mighty outpourings of the Holy Spirit. But through it all, the same message is preached. The kingdom of God. The truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's as it were, Acts 29 sweeps from the end of Acts 28 right up until present day. And what we want to do these coming months now is really focus on that. In fact, we're going to call it Acts 29. We're going to take a couple of weeks to look at church history and just see what, what happened after these pages and how the church grew and the challenges. But then uh, apart from kind of church history, we're going to look at well, what is God doing in the nations today? And we're going to have people sharing with us from Sweden, from Mexico, from Canada, of what God is doing in those nations. That's all part of the ongoing story of Acts. And then also we're going to look at some great missionary pioneers. Those who lay down their lives to bring the gospel into so many different situations, men and women. We have such a rich history. And again, these aren't storyboards for us just to read and think, well, that was interesting. But these are stories that are to speak to us, that are to equip us and to empower us for today. So how do we respond to all this? Well, let's keep true to God's calling on our lives. Let's run the race that God set before us with perseverance. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's worship and serve our exalted King. Let's always be open. Let's have that welcoming heart that Paul had and be able to embrace others and share the good news of Jesus with others. Let's embrace discipleship, the key calling on our lives. Let's be the church God calls us to be. We won't be perfect church, but let's be genuine. Let's be authentic, the Jesus way. Let's see the kingdom of God advance in our way, in our day. <laughs> Let me just leave you again with those scriptures from the ends of Acts. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Let's pray. Father, we come to you now and we're just so helped that you present truth to us through stories of what actually happened. 
And you do that so that we can be part of the ongoing story. And there'll be ask you that you come and meet with each one of us. Thank you for what we've learned so far. And Lord, as we step into this new season, this new series of teaching, I pray, come, open our hearts more and more. Capture us with the adventure of following Jesus, of being pioneers for you in the days that we live in. Lord, we might live in restrained circumstances, difficult times, but Lord, let's be unhindered in sharing the good news of Jesus. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, we ask. Be with us now and come uh, and just keep sending us out. In your name we ask. Amen. Amen. God bless you and so good being together.